Holy Week should never be something that one has to endure every year, but rather a week when your faith is allowed to wonder how it endures. These next two days do not depend on everything working perfectly in the liturgy, exactly as it is scripted. These next two days do not depend on the effectiveness of my proclamation, because if it did, St. John's would have been doomed long ago. What matters about this week, about these next two days, is that we have walked through this week together. That we washed one another's feet as Christ commanded us to do and we do it together. That we gather around the table of our Lord together. That we meet him at the cross together. That we watch where they lay his body together. That we hear the story together. And that is all that matters. That we do this together. I find myself, though, falling into the trap of viewing effectiveness of ministry by looking at the attendance figures. I think we all fall into that trap. Even our biblical narrative does at times, or at least our interpretation of it in the book of Acts. Numerous mentions of large groups of people converting and being baptized are mentioned in the first part of the book as a way of showing God's approval for what the church is doing. Effective ministry has never been based on numbers. Effective ministry is not based on the mere performance or execution of the liturgy. As someone who tends to be a perfectionist, this is one of the hardest things for me to let go. It bothers me knowing that there is a mistake in your bulletin tonight. It bothers me beyond all measure right now. Because we searched that bulletin for weeks And yet it's still a mistake. I will worry that I skip over part liturgy by accident. I will worry that I will get the words wrong. That my words will lose their value meaning if I dare not say them exactly as they are written. Holy Week does not need my ill attempt at perfection to be what it is. A holy gift from God. Holy Week does not need large masses of people to make it holy. Holy Week... The word of God does not need any help being made holy. Yet we think it does. We think the word of God depends on our creativity to be holy. These next few days are holy because of what God did for us. What God did for you and me. And it remains holy not because we carry out these actions perfectly to Christ's commands, but because God makes what we do here holy. And for that I'm thankful. Thankful beyond all measure. Because I know something this week will go wrong, and that is okay. Faith does not come through witnessing the events of Jesus' passion firsthand. But through hearing the word of God. Because sometimes our eyes deceive us. Sometimes our eyes cannot comprehend what is happening in front of us. Seeing is not always believing For what we see may not necessarily lead to a correct belief about Jesus. So what are we going to hear tonight? What words are Jesus Jesus going to speak to us? On the night in which he was betrayed, he took a loaf of bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, 
that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way he took the cup also after supper, saying, This is a cup, it's a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink from this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Or from a reading from John, Unless I wash you, have no share with me. You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set an example that you should also do as I have done for you. Jesus also says, I give you a new commandment. That you love one another just as I have loved you, you should also love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Let's talk about this first command. The command to eat and drink this bread and wine was not meant to happen just once a year, once in one's lifetime, once a month or twice a month even. But it is to be done as often as we remember him, as we remember Jesus. The world thinks of the sacraments as a rite of passage or that they're used to symbolize the mutual union and friendship among Christians because banquets are typically shared among friends. You don't go out to dinner with someone you don't like. That's not the case with the sacraments. The sacraments, especially communion, is more than just a rite of passage or something that we do because we're all good friends. The sacraments mean something and do something for all who eat and drink that nothing else in this world can do. Philip Melanchthon in the Apology of the Augsburg Confession says that the sacraments are sign of God's will towards us, not simply signs of people's will among themselves. Christ gives us this command not to keep us busy, but because it will do something for us. Tonight is not about you or me, but rather tonight is about Christ commands what Christ commands us to do. Tonight is about partaking in our Lord's Supper because it grants us faith to believe in the most challenging of circumstances. It is the medicine that our bodies need to get through moments like tomorrow night when it feels like all hope is lost. Now let's talk about the rest of the commands in John. The command to serve one another through the washing of feet. We make a promise to one another that we will care for each other and love one another as Christ has loved us. To love each other not through romantic advances, but through selfless acts of charity made perfect in the cross. Tonight is about the covenant we make with each other, that we would love even that person who might annoy us. That we will love and serve anyone and everyone who comes through these doors. Not because we have to do so, or because we even want to do so, but because Christ commands us to do so. Because it's through loving our neighbor through acts of selfless, sacrificial love that we will witness the coming kingdom of God. This is why Christ is so adamant that his disciples act and live differently. Because living differently and loving each other as Christ loved us, we see the kingdom of God come very near break into our world and into our community. These mandates from Christ are not meant to burden our conscience. They're meant to give us hope. They're meant to free us, to feed us, to help us glimpse what God's coming kingdom will look like. 
A kingdom where no one will go hungry, where only love is found, and where acts of charity are the norm for daily living. Anyone can eat with other people. Anyone can share a meal. But when we eat together as Christians, we partake in our Lord's body and blood and are given the spiritual nourishment to get up and go back out into the world. Anyone can show acts of charities, but when we Christians show acts of charity, we witness God's kingdom break in. What we do here matters. Others will try to discount these acts of worship, saying, well, I can be spiritual in my home, or I can be spiritual in nature. I can be spiritual by working in a soup kitchen. But that's not what Christ commands us to do. Tonight is not busy work for the church. For something Christians to do the night before Jesus was handed over. These next three days are more than just recreating everything like it was 2,000 years ago. These next three days are about speaking the word of God to the faithful. Gathered together. And allowing that word to do its thing and strengthen our faith in Jesus Christ.